This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is Dukes and Bell. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, man. And we're going to talk to Bruce Feldman from The Athletic. He uh, did a nice piece on Jalen Carter, uh, learned a lot of things about him. We get ready for the combine next week. We said this with Connor Riley earlier, and we'll talk some Falcon stuff coming up as well, and more on what Landry Fields had to say today about our Atlanta Hawks situation now that we moved on from Nate McMillan. Mm-hmm. But there are 12 dogs that are going to be invited to the Combine, none bigger than Jalen Carter. Um, and the reason for that is, you know, people are looking at him, and we bring in Bruce Feldman to join us here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game on the WaitForward.com hotline. People are looking at Jalen Carter and they're going, okay, he's a combination of a lot of things. But when you start talking about guys like Warren Sapp and his get-off and mm. his his twitchiness and all this stuff, Bruce, he's a special guy and a game-changer. And by the way, love your piece about, about Jalen Carter. But as we bring you into this conversation, it's one of those things where you go, how can he not be the number one overall pick in this draft? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, guys, we see this position – they're rare. They're just dominators or difference makers. And there aren't that many guys who have this kind of athleticism, this kind of power, this kind of explosiveness. And I know when I talk to a lot of coaches who played the Georgia defense last year, when you had three first round D linemen, this was the guy they all thought was the most gifted and the one that was the most special. I know that uh, I was upset because we've heard nothing but positive things about Jalen Carter when the uh, Todd McShay thing kind of came out, which cast some aspersions about his character, and I didn't really see how he was backing that up with anything factual. Yeah, it was interesting because, like, when I when I talked to uh, Trey Scott, the Georgia D line coach, and I you know I talked to Jalen and talked to some of the, some of the guys in the D line room about it. Um, it was interesting, you know, the story that now has gotten a lot of traction from from our story at The Athletic about what what Jalen did. One of his teammates is a walk-on defensive lineman. He used to be an offensive lineman. When Jalen found out he wasn't getting to, you know, eat lunch for free just like the rest of the scholarship D linemen, he was like, I can fix that. And he wanted to pay out of his own pocket so this other kid would be able to eat with everybody um, just like he was on scholarship. And what was amazing, you know, part of it is like Trey Scott was like, I wouldn't even have known about it if our nutritionist didn't mention it. <laughs> and he was like, I think that's the greatest part of this. This guy wasn't like promoting it. I mean, I think it's kind of cool that, you know, he spent three years at Georgia, was on a team of like won a nas- another national title, and it didn't get out until our story, whatever it is, middle of February. 
you know, right before he's going to the combine. And he wasn't the one who told me about it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't Jalen saying, Hey, by the way, I did this, you know, like the Todd McShay character comments that was, you know, whatever it was two months ago. Um, and nobody fired back with this. And this was just something that, you know, ended up finding out in conversation. Yeah, his versatility is incredible. We're talking with Bruce Feldman, guys, from The Athletic. Go check out the article um, as he writes about not only it's Georgia, but it's more specifically about Carter and and his impact. But remember, he got slowed because he got hurt in that first game against Oregon. And then, you know, it was like, okay – when is he going to be dominant? And every time once he got back on the field, even though, you know, it was a, a slow process, they didn't want to, you know, rush him back. But you could see his dominance. And the thing is, his size, like we think about Jordan Davis and the impact he had with the Eagles, right? That he helped get them to the Super Bowl this year. And you're telling me that coaches look at this guy even as a more dominant figure than Jordan Davis was? Yeah, just so much more disruptive because I think with Jordan Davis was was awesome against the run the versatility Jalen Carter has, they feel like he could play any position along the D line, you know, even the outside of the defensive end, he's that special. Um, And so it should be fun to see what he's going to be like at the next level, just because you just hear these stories of, you know, I talked to somebody on the Ohio state staff. They're like, if he doesn't want to be blocked, no one's blocking him. Mm. He's just that Mm. special. Talking about the big man, Jalen Carter, who's got like, you know, it's like Paul Bunyan type stories when you talk about the uh, the SEC championship game, Bruce, you know, where he picks up Jaden Daniels like a victory trophy. <laughs> Just crazy. So what about taking plays off? That is kind of inherently something that de- defensive linemen do at the pro level. Is that a concern? Is that where maybe McShay was barking up the wrong tree? I don't, I mean, I don't know what D lineman you, you don't hear somebody lump that in on. I mean, you're talking about guys who are over 300 pounds are playing in the middle um, I think the thing to keep in mind was, you know, he got hurt in the beginning of the year against against Oregon, and there was an MCL, there was an ankle injury. So, you know, I think you want to see how dominant he was. Watch what he did last year, you know, and you you know you could see times where he he was unblockable. So, I mean, I don't know. I think whoever doesn't take him in the first, you know, at first, if you have the opportunity, you're doing somebody else a big favor. Uh, did you? How much did you dive into his basketball background? I mean, for a big dude, he right. could hoop. Yeah, that came up a lot about the dunks, and you know, like I think as I started the story about, you know, I asked Trey Scott, "What's the most impressive thing you've ever seen him do?" And he, you know, said almost in passing, "You know, there's all these dunks you see, you saw the videos of because he recruited him when he was in high school, and at one point, you know, he's sitting there as like." feels like he's going to be a big-time AAU basketball player. And I think a lot of the football people are like, no, no, no. You, you can be really good at that. You can be outrageous in the, you know, as a football as a football player. And the thing is, you know, these guys think he could have been a great tight end. He could have been a great fullback if he wanted to do that. But the basketball part, I mean, go to look at our story. You'll see video of a dunk that nobody who weighs 300 pounds should be able to do. Right. Jalen Carter, man, is a great story in The Athletic, and this is uh, Bruce Feldman who wrote it. Check it out, guys. He joins us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. I don't know how much uh, you picked up on it, Bruce, in the conversation, but he just seems like the prototypical Kirby smart athlete, everything that they wanted, the kind of defense they built the last five or six years. Yeah, I, honestly, I think he's the prototypical SEC D lineman. I mean, this is why they're winning national title after national title because they have – you know, Alabama, there's a mention of Quinn and Williams in there, just of um, Ty Darlington, whose dad coached 
Jalen Carter, and then he, Ty was on the Florida staff, so he had to, you know, he had to face Georgia this year, and he also faced Quinnen Williams when he was at OU as a coach. He just said, you know, that this is the most impressive guy he's ever seen. He said it was Quinnen Williams, and now it's it's it's, it's Jalen. But just you just don't see guys like this in the other leagues. I mean, and you rarely see anybody quite to this degree in the SEC, even. But I mean, this is why you see LSU at times, certainly uh, Alabama and now Georgia dominating college football because they have something that, you know, there's good receivers in, in a lot of other leagues. There's good defensive backs in a lot of other leagues. You just don't see the D linemen who are like this anyplace else. Bruce, uh, what do you think about college football officials considering the rule changes to shorten games? Mike and I went over a couple of these earlier in the week. I'm just curious where your head is at on this, and do you think any of it's going to get passed and we're, we're going to you know, get back to the, to the fall and we're going to have you know, clock stoppages and all this stuff um, happening when you know, a lot of people say, hey, there's nothing wrong with college football, but they're trying to limit exposure for the guys that are playing and they want to cut down on the time of these games. How do you feel about it? I have mixed feelings. You know, I, I, I like the game I, and I would adjust to it, but I get, I get why they want to shorten the game both from a viewing standpoint, but also from an injury standpoint. Um, so on that regard, you know, there's a lot of stuff they're taking out of taking, trying to take out of the game, whether it's special teams or different kinds of, you know, different kinds of rules. And you kind of, some of it, you take the good with the bad. Um, you know, I, it's funny cause I watched the U the XFL the other day and I like some of the rules they have, but I'm not sure I want them in college football. Mm. I like them cause I, I don't have that much of an investment you know, emotionally in the XFL, like I feel like I do in, in, in college football. Um, so I, I mean, it's hard for me to say until I actually feel like I see it more in the middle of it. I, I had adjusted to the, the, the to the, uh, you know, the tiebreaker format and I know they keep tweaking it. I don't love everything about it, but like, um, I don't know. I get, I get where they're coming from. I'll say that. I know that we were talking about yesterday, Bruce, you know, the idea that, you know, you're, you're sitting down and watch a game and your game starts on ESPN News because the Big 12 game had, you know, 85 points in it and 500 passing attempts. And so that's part of it because then you know, the, everything that was so about offense, all the incompletions and drop passes and timeouts just make the game go forever. So I just think there's too many things for the refs to, to legislate as it is, you know, the, the targeting calls. I just think reviews slow down the college game like they slow down the NFL. Uh, they definitely do. And it, it can be frustrating because there's a lot of times you look, well, that looks obvious. Why are they going to go through five minutes to draw this out and throw kind of the momentum out the window? Uh, um, I think they're constantly evaluating the game and some of the rules they make are almost at the expense of the game itself. I hope that's not what's going to happen here, but we'll see. One last thing before we let you go. And again, the article, why Jalen Carter is viewed by NFL scouts as the biggest game wrecker by Bruce Feldman on The Athletic. What do you think about the Pac-12 and its, its struggle to land a deal with the media rights? We know UCLA and UC, USC are headed to the Big Ten. What's going on, and are they going to get a new media rights deal? Sure. I imagine they'll get something. I just don't know how, how big the value is going to be because what you have is kind of underwhelming support in terms of when the game's on TV, certainly when the game's, you know, when people are going to the, to see the game and now you're taking out the two biggest brands. I mean, right. it's a very watered down league. And again, there's some inventory. I don't think it's in ESPN's best interest to completely want the PAC 12 to go away, but I 
don't know, you know, where they're going to go. That's going to have some kind of robust deal. I think the gap between them and the SEC and certainly the Big Ten is only going to widen now that you take the two L.A. schools out. Right. And I guess the only thing, if they don't get this thing straightened out, because going to Apple is a potential option. And I think the commissioner at times seems like he's in over his head. Could the Big 12 pilfer some of these schools like, you know, the Arizona schools, for instance? You know, I don't know how much that really would that add a lot to them. It would add more teams, but then you're dividing it up. It's not like, you know, to me, Oregon and Washington have more value than the Arizona schools do. Now, the Arizona schools, especially Arizona has, itself, has been very good in basketball, and the Big 12 is a good basketball league in, in its footprint. I just don't know how much better they would make the Big 12. I mean, you know, Arizona and Arizona State, neither has been great. At times, they've been decent. At times, they've been a little more than that, but usually not. I mean, is that, you know, is anybody, in, you know, where you guys are, even, I mean, where I live on the West Coast, there's definitely some alums of those schools. But if you're telling somebody in Chicago, hey, you're going to watch an Arizona-Cincinnati football yeah. game, <laughs> right. are they going to run to the TV? Are they going to run to the TV to say, see ASU, ISU? I don't, uh, I don't know if I would... Right that's going to be a big tv draw and it's not going to do a big number for the ratings wise yeah it's a challenge for the pac-12 bruce man thank you so much for jumping on with this check out his article on the athletic keep up the good work can't wait to see how these guys shake out in the combine and what else we learn about uh, some of these potential draft picks as we head to the spring thanks again bruce my pleasure thank you guys bruce feldman with the athletic it's dukes and bell at sports radio 92.9 the game all right the news today, Landry Field spoke to the media. Yeah, what do you say? What do you say? Why'd they fire him? We're going to find out next. The strong arm story of the day is brought to you by John Foyt Associates Personal Injury Law. All right, today I asked the question, for some of you, maybe you don't get it. Where was the owner today? Tony Ressler was not a part of this press conference, and for many of you, you say, well, why would he have been? Well, let me ask this. Who else has fired their coach with 23 games to play? No one. Who fired their general manager in the middle of the season? Oh, it was a mutual parting of the ways. Guys, this franchise right now is in transition. And I think for a lot of Hawks fans, everybody's going, what are the answers? Where are we going? What's going to happen? Give me some confidence. And I said, as we started the show today, Mike, I'm in, I'm in, you know, I'm perplexed right now as far as how I should feel. Do I feel good about Nate being let go? Well, I told you guys weeks ago, I don't know if that's going to mean anything. Yes, eventually you're going to get a new voice and probably a new system and right. all the things. But but is, is this going to be another situation where we get <laughs> new relationship energy, NRE, which is what happened when <laughs> Nate took over and we went on our little run and it was great. But big picture, what does this mean if these guys, and I'm talking about the team itself, the players, are not buying in? Are you guys willing to tell Mike and I that the coaching was so bad that he was so inept that he's the only reason why this thing, Mike, has come off the rails and we're a game or so under 500? Is yeah. that what you're willing to tell us? Yeah, I mean, look, Tony Wrestlers, and you and I are, I don't, you know me, I don't like playing devil's advocate, but I'll just say not every owner is in on this kind of uh, press conference, although some are very much involved and say, hey, look, we made a decision. Now, Landry Fields told Andy Randy it was his decision and his decision alone. Whatever. Now, again, if you believe the athletic article that came out back in uh, December into January that, uh, you know, Tony Wrestler's son, Nick, is very involved. He's got his own guys that have kind of replaced what was a big part of the front office, at least scouting department, some analytics things. So 
I just, I got to be honest with you. I'd like to hear it from the owner because I'd like to hear the owner say, look, fans, this is unacceptable. And believe, yes. me, and believe you me, fans, I've spent like, uh, well, a quarter of a billion dollars on this team and it ain't really kicking, is it? Well, see, I'd, like, that, I'd, I'd, I'd appreciate that more. Well, but th- that's where I'm at today. This starts at the top. You threw Landry Fields, who just got the job, in front of us today. And, and I'm not telling you his answers were inept. Mm. He, he knew what he was talking about, and he understands what they're trying to do. But I, wanted to, I want to hear from the guy at the top, especially with the changes that have happened this year. We have taken two steps back instead of two steps forward from where we were just a couple of years ago. Why? Okay, explain that. And then number two, where are we going and where's the vision? What are we trying to do here? And I'm just saying, that's, that, thank you, Nate. That is all I would be asking for today, and we didn't get that. Yeah, and look, with all due respect to Landry Fields, every person who's in a position of power in sports has their own vernacular, right? Their own lexicon that they want to use. You know, but I got to be honest, I was, and a lot of folks hit us up on the text line on Twitter and saying, man, it was almost like a Dan Quinn press conference. Vision, you know, uh, accountability, yeah. vision, all this. And just a few weeks ago, we were told about player empowerment and better communication. <laughs> well, they just, you just empowered Nate off the, uh, off the payroll. So with all due respect, and that's why I want to preface this, you know, and maybe Nate, maybe uh, Lloyd will, uh, yeah, I should say, go to all the coaches, maybe Landry will be the next big guy who gets it and maybe turns things around. But right now, all I'm hearing is buzzwords. I'm not hearing a lot of substance, if I'm honest, from our, our general manager. All right, let's hear some of the things he said today. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. You guys can always find us on social media. He's Mike Bell, ATL. I'm at Put Him Up, see Dukes. The radio show, Dukes and Bell, 929. Follow the radio station at 929 The Game. Stay up on everything that's going on. We're across all social media platforms. Landry was asked about the candidates. And in the question, obviously, Quinn Snyder's name has come up. But, but he was asked about some of these guys that we've heard about and that we've been talking about. This was his response. We have a, uh, a pool of coaches that we're looking at right now. Yes, Quinn is a part of that pool. Um, and that's, that's somebody that we would consider for sure. Okay. See, now, some guys would not give you any specifics, so I do appreciate Landry at least saying, you know, that, that Quinn would be in the mix. I after, agree. After taking a year off, kind of a mental health break after doing a really good job out there in Utah. Well, I, I don't think, Mike, lying at this point when it's all kind of been out there about the potential candidates, I think a lot of this stuff is coming from, from people inside the building, and I don't think there's no reason to say, hey, we're not looking at Quinn Snyder. Let's not be foolish. We're actually getting a head start on this coaching Correct. search. There's there'll no be, reason to lie about there'll it. There'll be three or four other guys going to get fired here. And that's, but this goes back to, and we'll talk to Steve Kuhn, and I presume, on Friday, but we were talking back in December, and I just thought it was time. I just wished two ways of doing it. Yes, you could have gone the interim route, or, again, people generally don't want to start lining up while the body's still cold. You can't have a new coach ready to go. So we probably would have had an interim anyway, but would you have rather seen a change of horses midstream earlier, Carl, like in January? Because we were told, give Nate time till he gets healthy. healthy. Everyone gets healthy, and then we'll get on a run. And no, we didn't. We got healthy, and even you know, you're getting. If you think about it, you know, getting uh, you know, so some of the pieces back. DeAndre Hunter was out for a little bit, but I, I just thought that this team is, for the most part, the same team it was. It's a 500 team. Nothing has changed. I know we lost. I'm trying to think who, who was out for a few, but it was Clint. Clint Capella was out for almost like almost two and a half weeks. You got him back, and nothing's changed. So why didn't you make this move earlier? And especially once the and the other thing is once the Sham Sharania story, which was called hack journalism by Steve, was out, that everyone kind of knew if the players and the players are aware of everything these days. Ah, the coach is thinking about quitting at the end of the year. So now you got a you got a lame duck coach. So why are you going to pay attention to him? Yeah, the, the Clint Capella he was out longer than that. Yeah, and there was a reason. He wasn't happy with what was going on. Now 
I'm just telling you. Mm. The idea that Clint probably should have been back with this injury that he had way before. And remember, we weren't playing well without him. Point is, not everybody has been excited about things that have been going on inside the building. Landry Fields was asked today, why did he wait until yesterday about making this decision? I wanted to make sure to to wait um, till yesterday to do it. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to have any distractions with uh, with people while they were on break. And I also wanted to make sure that I did this face to face with Nate, and that was the time that we were going to be able to chat. Was yesterday. Now, you can respect that. I mean, there's nothing worse no. than getting fired over a text no. or, hey, uh, no. have my assistant call you. The rumor, you wa- do about it? <laughs> the rumor was that he wanted to step down multiple times and the Hawks, again, voiced their support. We don't know if that, that is true to Mike's point about mm-hmm. Sham's article, but that is what's been out there. And I have no reason to believe that that, that was probably true. Mm-hmm. Mike, I do think those last two games, which were embarrassing, were the, the straw that broke the camel's back. If you had any any thoughts about, well, we might think about this, and then you play the way you did in those last two games before the All-Star break, I do agree with Landry on that. that those We talked about it. Those games were embarrassing. Like, why are we not even showing up? So that falls on the head coach, and that yeah. falls on the effort. I mean, again, you said it, to be humiliated, to give up to give up 144 points, and then, the, again, the next game is that's a team that's important in front of you. You're battling there right now in the 16. They're locked in that playoff spot, and that was just embarrassing. The other things, moments this season. We've talked a lot about Trey. I don't want to make it all about Trey, but, you know, Trey tapping out for some – we thought that the, the, the Nets game, the calf contusion was a bit jive. The way that, you know, this offense has just completely stagnated. We're talking about this earlier. Maybe this is something that, you know, Joe Prunty can get. Trey, I I thought Trey was going to get open looks. You and I were talking off the air during the commercial. Didn't you think that DeJounte was going to be the guy with the assist and Trey would be reaping the benefits and being leading the league in three-point shooting? Yeah, but here's the deal, and I've said this. They're the same player. Yeah. They both can do the same things, and both are ball dominant. Sometimes facilitate, sometimes dominate. But, 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 But they're both ball dominant, Mike. When you go watch what he was doing with the Spurs, he was doing this. 20-some-odd points, 10 assists, 15 assists a game. And when I say that, I'm not talking about one's better than the other. What I'm saying is their skill sets are very similar. So you would think what Mike is saying is, yeah, I'm going to play off the ball tonight. Yeah. You, you feed me. I'm going to play off the ball tonight. You feed me. The problem is when you're used to having the ball in your hands and yeah. creating right. – you get this weirdness that's going on, which is why it hasn't worked yet. So it's our own version of uh, what, Westbrook and Durant? Just saying. Okay. You guys tell me. Mm. what? How many nights this year have you gone, wow, Trey and DeJounte both went off and it was right. a great game and we won? Right. And then, of course, my argument has always been, you know, you don't really have the veteran point guard to bring in when you have – I always thought we see more of those guys on the court at the same time, too, which to create the mismatches. All these things you and I were talking about back in August, which didn't really happen. Yeah. Remember we went to Portland and, and Trey didn't play? You remember that game DeJounte yep. played? It was incredible. That's what he can do. He's not doing it with Trey on the floor. Right. And then Nate, you know, Nate getting Trey inbounding the ball against, you know, Plumlee. Was he, who was it? Plumlee? Was, it, was that what it was? It was like the <laughs> – trying to inbound a ball against a six-foot-11 guy yep. and then running out there again after, a, after the timeout. Nate did some stuff that, let's be honest, was plain screwy. Not burning timeouts, not challenging. Just support your players when they think they got a beef in the paint. Things like that wore me out. So, look, Nate's a good dude. He's getting paid. He wasn't doing this for free sports fans, but this was definitely time. The other thing is Joe Prunty. Hey, you know what I like to see, Carl? What's that? 
Can the guy wear a suit? Why does everybody have to dress like they're going to the mall to walk? Why? Is he Is he not? Do you don't no, think he, he no, will wear a suit? No, he's going to wear the same outfit. He'll wear the Hawks pullover. These guys. Are everybody, just, listen, 2020 God, changed all that. I just think these guys dressed up like Paulie Walnuts. I want to see coaches in suits again. Well, let me tell you, everything got relaxed in the bubble. They came out of the bubble and said, hey, we don't have to wear suits every night. And now you're seeing it around the league. All right, you want to dress like a gym teacher? Dress like, I want to see people <laughs> looking like, I want to see guys looking like, yeah, look, I'll say this about Mike Woodson. He might have been a guy that also didn't play the rookies, but he wore a nice suits. Pat Riley, Cotton Fitzsimmons. I want suits back on the side. Yeah, it's interesting. It used to be a thing, right? right? Everybody showed out with their suits. Now guys are going with the uh, relaxed fit. Hey, we got plenty more to dive into, guys, including the list. We're going to talk about it next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Coming up in the 6 o'clock hour, we will talk more about this Alabama situation. You're going to Dukes and Bell with Alabama situation. Oh, <laughs> just wait. Hey, um, if I told you, Mike, we had a list of guys in free agency that we could maybe go after, right? And we talked about Deron Payne today. Um, he uh, it looks like he's going to get franchise tagged. And mm. that's a guy that – No. He, I know. If you asked me, hey, who's on the list? He's, he's a guy that's on the list. But, again, just because the franchise tag doesn't mean that you may not end up potentially trying to get these guys if they can't work out a long-term deal. But guys like um, Javon Hargrave from the Eagles, he is a guy that if you said, okay, I can't get pain, Mike, I got to go get this guy. These are the top defensive linemen in free agency. Yeah. And the, the point, guys, is if you're going to spend money, okay, and, and outside of taking care of your own guys, which Caleb McGarry may be one of those guys, 
You've got to go get one of these difference makers this offseason because you finally have right. the money to go do it. So if it's not Payne, it's Hardgrave. If it's not him, you know, we're talking about Jesse Bates. If it's not him, we got to maybe go get, oh, no, Marcus Davenport. Well, again, Davenport's the only – it's him and Jadavion Clown as far as edge rushers. That's the thing. And we have a coach, a defensive line coach, and now our defensive coordinator's got a relationship with Davenport. But getting back to Hargrave, the only reason I think Bo and I and you were talking so much about Jerron Payne is he's 26. Yes, he's young. And Hargrave is 30, not that he's you know slow, showing any signs of slowing down, took that team all the way to the Super Bowl again, but that's the thing. That's why we really kind of said, man, Jerron Payne is the perfect fit age-wise, size-wise, everything, so he gets tagged by the commanders. All right, here's Not a- so much with Davenport. I, I don't know, Davenport's too much a prima, prima donna for uh. me sometimes. Yeah, tell, tell me you, about we're, it. We're gonna, I'm telling you, mark it on the calendar. Tell me about it. It'll be the first week in August. You and, I, you and I are going to be at Flowery Branch, and then we're going to go to Hooters and do the show at Buford. Not and happening. then Carl will say, hey, earlier today we caught up with Marcus Davenport. It sounded like this, and then we'll have our conversation. Because yeah, I be, bet you'll be on the team. Well, it'll be dead air is what it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> another guy on the list, and we're just simply talking <laughs> about the Falcons. You're going to say no because of the way the Super Bowl ended. I'm going to tell you we need another corner, and if you're not going to do it in the draft, yeah. you go get James Bradbury. Yeah. He's another guy on the list. He can cover. He had a great year. Do not think about the last play as it ended in the Super Bowl. This guy balled out this year, Mike. These are guys, if you're going to address some of these things that we need, mm-hmm. you can't do it all, but you got to give me one or two of these pieces in free agency. Yep, and I know that uh, you guys are going to say, man, he held, yeah, but he didn't cop to it. Maybe you don't never admit to it, but uh, he did own it. But he is considered one of the, uh, again, it's it's a little bit thin as far as corners. He would be considered in some metrics the top 10 free agent in the NFL, the number one corner, to your point. you got to go do it. If, you, if you're serious about changing the culture of your team, these kind of guys add to that. Now, Mike, it doesn't, it, again, doesn't mean we don't draft this stuff. Mm-hmm. You still need depth, and you still may say, hey, down the road, we really project this kid to be something special. But this is how you change the makeup of your team like that. Now, the thing that a lot of guys are asking us about, because well, there was some stuff, I think Nick Reifert, who was on Fox or someone I saw it the other day, and people have posted it, they were talking about the potential trade if we were going to go get Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And it would be a first-rounder this year, a first-rounder next year, and a second-rounder. Is that, is that good enough? Because i got to figure they're going to want to load up. It would be more than just a first and a first and a second. Yeah, listen, uh, the crazy thing about this whole Lamar trade potentially is... And the same goes for the Jets. Jets could yeah. also be the New York papers are kind of flogging the story now like we did a few weeks ago. Yeah, I, I think, Mike, the crazy thing is who's playing quarterback for the Ravens if it's not Lamar Jackson? And my point mm-hmm. is this is why they want that top pick. If they're going to make a deal, they're going to want one of the top picks in the top ten and mm-hmm. then maneuver that with additional picks to maybe move and go get their quarterback in this draft. It's not just one-sided where we get what we want and they don't get anything that they want. I think if you're the Ravens, you go, all right, if we can't work out a deal, who the hell is our quarterback? Todd Munkin right now is going, all right, who's quarterback in this team? We got all we got some good defensive pieces, yeah. but we don't have a quarterback. So I think that's going to be their big Dude. issue in making a deal like that. One of the, I forget, and Chris, you might have seen this too. I think it was the Daily News. You think, does Zach Wilson have any value to mm. anyone on the planet right now? Like, you are that you got the coordinator that could get the most out of the former BYU second overall pick, Zach Wilson, mm. who's, who alienated the locker room, then came back and apologized and, and owned it. By the way, if you missed it, we spoke to Bruce Feldman at five, so we're kind of covering some NFL stuff and Falcons here because Bruce had a great article in The Athletic about Jalen Carter, and that's online at odyssey.com. The Falcons, by the way, today, Carl, did make a move. Oh, what did they do? Uh, Liam McCullough. 
Our, again, long snapper, heart and soul of the okay. team. Okay, all right. As a former once all warrior long snapper, I can tell you. Yeah, so apparently uh, he has been uh, re-signed and an exclusive uh, rights-free agent. So you got to have a dude that can do the spiral upside down. Listen, it's a, it's an underrated job for what happens on a week-to-week basis. Hey, do it right. You can make a million and a half every year. Yeah, but if, it's also if you screw it up, yeah. you're going to cost your team games. Hey, uh, another guy on the list, as I'm just throwing names out there, Give Arden Key. Arden Key. Yes. Arden Key. Yeah. I think he's reasonable. I think you don't have to break the bank to get him. The last couple of seasons, Mike, he's posted 90 combined quarterback pressures, 11 sacks over the last two seasons. That's more than anybody on this team. 26. Arden Key, another guy. I'm just telling you, these are names that we're going to be talking about. And you go, oh, well, he ended up there. He ended up there. I hope the Falcons end up snatching a couple of these players to change the face of our day. De- and we really want to go defense. And then, Mike, you still go, you still go draft your edge rusher. You still right. go do some of the things we've talked about. But but I think you got to get a couple of these guys. And one of the other things, and I don't know if this is ever going to fly, but you know, Chuck Smith did tell us a couple of weeks ago when they did move on from the coaching staff and change the defensive mm. Dean Pease, he was not enamored with the guys that were coaching defensive line. So maybe you get a new set, a fresh set of eyes, and we've talked about this. It's happened. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Some of those guys were late bloomers, right, on right. their defensive line. So maybe, just maybe, what, what, what we get with our new D.C. is uh, you get more out of Epicady. You know, Okendeji. No one, you know, we've always talked about Okendeji's athleticism, but he just can't, you know, be the consistent piece. Hopefully we get some of that. But first things first, you're right. We got to go shopping at the big Walmart and go get some big, big place, big pieces for that defensive tackle. So yeah, we'll start there. And, and listen, if you're going to say, well, why would they come here? Well, first you have the money to pay them. Two, yep. I think the the addition of Ryan Nielsen to your point, Mike, and saying because you, you're going to talk to these guys, just go look at what we did. With, with New Orleans. Go look at how our, our defensive line over the last five years has been one of the best yeah. in, in the NFL. I think it's an easy sell with him saying, oh, here's here's the proof and here's the check to go along with it. I think we can attract some of these guys. All right, so our, and by the way, guys, just hit us up on the text line. They go, okay, Mike and Carl, what does a Hargrave contract look like? Well, north of $20 million a year. That's yeah, Top defensive linemen are going to get that. Yeah. I have no problems with that. But the dude is a dude. And the Eagles may have to make room for Jalen Hurts. Plus, not to mention, they're so loaded. They've got to, some of those contracts are going to come yeah, due. Yeah, they can't pay everybody. Correct. And that's part of why they went with Jordan Davis, knowing that at some point they'd have to have the heir apparent. Yeah. Um, Grady got, and I'm looking at both 15 a year, right? Somewhere around mm-hmm. there is, is about the average when Grady signed his deal. And when he did, there were many people who said, yes, we love Grady, but he's not he's not a top, you know, paid caliber kind of guy. He wasn't Aaron Donald who was resetting the market. These defensive tackles that we're talking about, the going rate again is going to be about twenty a year. Look, his base salary is uh, will be sixteen five this year, and then fifteen and fifteen point two, both twenty four and twenty five. Bro, that's a steal. His cap hit, however, is twenty point six this year. Okay, so he has a huge. Now you have an out um, after this se- after the twenty three season. Which would be about eight point two and dead. Okay, but Grady's still playing at a high level. Yeah, and 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 it is a still look. The, this is what it's going to take to win in this league. You have to pay guys that can play, and then what you do is you draft on top of that, and now you become what Mike? You become too deep at every position yeah. on the defensive line, right. that's and it. that's Philadelphia, right? And that's the thing. And the Giants. How did the Giants win two Super Bowls? And I know Eli Manning doesn't get a lot of respect around here, but. They had, a, they had the the original NASCAR package, as it was described. You know, for initially it was Strahan. Later on, it was other guys. But you had you had like seven guys that would rotate on that defensive line. That's what the Eagles have been doing. Chiefs now the Chiefs are more about individual achievement on the defensive end position, but still they got depth. 
Uh, B. Powell says Bradbury only looked good because of the pass rush. Well, that's why we need a pass well, rush. Well, that's one goes hand in hand. Yeah. Dimitrov used to feel you could build from the back, where a lot of guys always feel it's you got to start from the front. That, that was always the philosophy. So years that there was some edge rushers available, we went with Isaiah Oliver in the second round. And that's always, and again, I'm not banging on Dimitrov. I'm just saying his philosophy was you can always go with the athletic guys at corner and that'll make up. And it just really didn't seem to ever do that, save for 2016. And then when the rookies took over in 17. Yeah, you, you can't cover anybody for seven. No, that's seven. a convenient narrative. You, you just can't, Coach. You, you can't do it. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Falcon fans, you got to change our mindset. Well, how are we going to do that? we got money. Hey. We've got money. By the way, our boy Rusty Manziel is listening. He enjoys He goes, love Arden Key. Wingspan. Big wingspan. He's a bad boy, man. He's come on. Uh, a lot of people thought he was going to be a bust. He's really come on the last few years. I think you could get Arden Key for about eighteen, about $9 million a year. I really believe okay. it on a short deal. We'll see what the Falcons do. Do you want Lorenzo Carter back? I know I've asked you a few times. You have. It's a decision they're going to have to make. Mm. Does he help or hurt you, Mike? If he hurts you and you he, feel like he, he doesn't do enough. He looks like he should be an eight-and-a-half to ten-sack guy. Yeah. But he just doesn't do it. All right. We'll see where they go. Uh, coming up, guys, we'll get into what's going on in Alabama because we don't quite understand the process and more on our Hawks and how this is going to look as we move forward and through the last 23 games of the season. It's all on the way in the 6 o'clock hour here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.